But when I was speaking on uh, Jerusalem last week, the Lord reminded me of a teaching, the wall is a stump. And this week I changed about three quarters of the teaching, went through it again, and uh, just love Jerusalem. Three and a half years ago, I think it was, Ron Leaf and I were in Israel together. And if I looked at my notes correctly, it was January 2015, we were there. And uh, some of the pastors were saying they just love Galilee, being out on the water, how beautiful it was. And it was nice, but there's no place like Jerusalem for me. With all the things that God did there, uh, I would love to spend as much time as possible in Jerusalem. And uh, when we got there, Hillel, our tour guide, told us that the wall is a symbol of the restoration of God's temple. And he says, when Jewish people see the wall, they're reminded that our ancestors used to worship God there at the wall. But the Bible also tells us there will be another temple in the future. And so he said, when we see this wall, we're not only reminded of our past, but we're reminded of our future. And he said something like, this is why it's so important, because it's pointing us as well to the future. And this is why he said we could never, ever, ever give up Jerusalem. It cannot ever be on the table. And we need to be able to always go right there to pray and worship God. And as well, not only pray and worship him there today, but as well when we do that and say there's a day coming. And um, when he told us this, I felt the Lord speak to me that the wall is a stump. Now, I grew up in Rockaway Beach in New York City. The Atlantic Beach was right across the street from my bedroom window. And uh, I know nothing about gardening and, and yards and anything like that. So, uh, so I had to look, you know, looked up a little bit, just a simple understanding, you know, a stump. You have a tree and, and you chopped it down. And it is just a little piece left in the ground. And... Uh, the rest has either fallen or been purposely cut down. Now, when you cut down a tree, you can do that. You can cut it down and leave just that little bit. And that's a stump because then there's the opportunity for more life in the future to come forth from it. And so now if you have a, a tree with lots of disease, you have two choices. You can either rip that whole thing out of the ground by its roots. It's a lot of work, they tell me. But you can rip the whole thing and say, forget it, this thing's done with it. We're done with it. And just rip it all out, roots and all, get rid of it. Or you could believe that there's still life left in that tree. And that it can live again and be healthy. And if you do have that faith, that belief, you can leave the stump in the ground, hoping, expecting the day will come that it will live Again, now, so a stump there. And when I shared this last week, then the pastor's wife at one church gave me the picture. She'd taken that picture and said, Ron, you need this for your teachings. So I thanked her. And, and, and there you see it. There's this dead piece of wood seemingly at the bottom. But all of a sudden, there's new life coming forth out of it once again. This is hope for the future. Never give up. That's a wall is a sign of that. Never give up. It can live again. Life can come again. Now, in 
the new covenant, Yeshua said, you will see standing in the holy place the abomination that causes desolation spoken of through the prophet Daniel. Referencing Daniel 9, where it says he'll confirm a covenant with many for one seven. And in the middle of the seven, he'll put an end to sacrifice and offering. And at the temple set up an abomination that causes desolation until the end that is decreed is poured out on him. And, and so we know what, in the year 70 of the common era, Rome destroyed most of Jerusalem, including the temple. But there was a wall left standing. And it remains today. And that wall is a stump. Because restoration is possible. New walls can be added to the wall that is there in Jerusalem. And the temple can come alive with worship again. We can meet there in the future. And, and so we see here in these scriptures, you see the word standing in the holy place, sacrifice, offering. That means there's a temple again in Jerusalem. In the end, there will be another temple. Now, some people have issues with that, some Christians. And, and I understand that Yeshua is our sacrifice and we don't need another sacrifice for sin. But if it's in the Bible, it has to be true. Now, we could ask questions if we're uncomfortable, uncertain about it. And we can ask questions like why, who, how, what's going to be going on? Is it non-Messianic Jews performing sacrifices? What could Messianic Jews do? So there are questions we can ask about how and what. But we, it's clear in the scriptures there will be a temple. And it will come alive again with worship. Now, the word stump is found several times in the Bible, at, but one of them here is in Isaiah 11. A shoot will come up from the stump of Jesse. From his roots, a branch will bear fruit. And so the root, what's our name here at the congregation? Sharesh David, root of David. Ravi said, hey, if we wanted, we can change our name to the stump of David. I don't think it has the same appeal. It doesn't sound as nice, but there's a connection made here in the scripture. And so, and I like the good news. It helps me understand that the paraphrase here, the royal line of David, it's like a tree that's been cut down. But just as new branches sprout from a stump, so a new king will arise from among David's descendants. Now, all throughout history, God has promised for a long time that a future seed of David's going to come and rule. Now, many of David's sons were wicked. They were spiritually unhealthy. But David, God did not give up on David's family. He did not consider removing them entirely. He didn't want to look for another family more deserving than David's to bring the Messiah from. He decided to get rid of the evil sons, but leave the family line intact because he already decided that Messiah would come from David's family. So since many of David's sons were evil, God cut them down like a tree. But he left the stump. He left the family line intact so new branches could grow again. And what, 2,000 years ago, Yeshua came from David's family, just like Isaiah said.
Now, many of David's sons were evil. Many of other leaders in Israel were evil. And many of the people were evil, spiritually unclean. But God was not finished with the Jewish people. He's not finished with us. He has more plans for Israel. And so he left this stump in Jerusalem. He left the wall to rebuild the temple. And he left a remnant of people. Because he's not finished with the Jewish people. All throughout history, God's had to discipline us. And, and he would deal with things and send them out of the land. And, but we keep seeing that every time that happened, God said he'd restore the Jewish people. He would restore them and bring them back from the nations. He would restore us and bring us back to the place we belong in Jerusalem. He says the welcome sign will always be there waiting for us in Israel. Home, sweet home. And then in Zechariah 10, I'll strengthen Judah, save the tribes of Joseph, restore them. Why? Because I have compassion on them. And they will be as though I had not rejected them, for I am the Lord their God and will answer them. So we see here, and I also didn't realize it was in Deuteronomy 30, why will he not reject us? Because he has compassion on us. He sees the hardships and the troubles that we all go through. When we're struggling and hurting, he sees. He sees it. And he's got compassion. And his heart is moved so much that he has a strong desire to alleviate and relieve the suffering we're going through. It's always been that way. And what also got my attention here in Zechariah 10, it'll be they will be as though I had not rejected them. It'll be like I never rejected them. Now, I remember years ago, I, I, I come to faith in Messiah, raised Jewish. My senior year, I come to faith in Messiah. Finally, my last year of college, I had to tell my parents that I believe Yeshua is the Messiah, and I'm going to go work in youth ministry. So I went to the counselor at my college and asked for advice. How do I tell my parents? And uh, I wanted some advice. I wanted help. And he told me that when parents hear devastating news from a child, it's very difficult for them to deal with it coming from their child. And they'll often reject the child, possibly even curse him out and call him names. You get upset. Things like that happen. And he says, but often in time, could be days, weeks, months, whatever, they calm down and they realize, what did I do? This is my child. I want a relationship with them. But he said it's difficult for a parent to apologize to their child. So his advice is that I needed to write a letter to my parents, telling them all about this, and then get out of the house for as long as possible. <laughs> Make sure I'm not around when they're reading that letter so that they're free to curse me out and call me all sorts of names. I mean, when people have said something, when I've been out ministering in public places and a, and a Jewish person get a little upset at me when they hear I'm messianic and they'd say something, I'd say, listen, don't worry. My mother's called me a lot worse. <laughs> it's all right. 
You know, and so listen, it's going to happen. Your parents will be upset. It's natural. It's normal. But if you're not there to hear them call you the names, they never have to apologize for that. And that will help the healing process and the restoration. And as well, if I don't hear them be calling me all these names, it will help me in the restoration process. And so God, he, he knows all the things we said to him or about him. He knows all the things we did to God that weren't good. But God has the ability to remember our sins no more. When he restores us, we start with a clean slate. There's no baggage hanging over, no memories about what happened, what was done, what was said. We can start clean and fresh with God. Jeremiah, return faithless Israel, declares the Lord. I'll frown on you no longer, for I'm faithful. I'll not be angry forever. Return faithless people, declares the Lord, for why? I am your husband, and I'll bring you to Zion. And Paul told Timothy basically a very similar thing. Even if we're unfaithful, he remains faithful, for he cannot deny who he is. He can't be any different. He can't be unfaithful. This is great news. Listen, God's relationship with Israel is not just about God and Israel. It's about God and the character of God, who he is. And so as we study God's relationship with Israel, we first remind ourselves of God's relationship with the Jewish people, but realize it's a lesson about God. And it's the same for all of us. He could never be unfaithful to us. Irregardless of how unfaithful we are, God will remain faithful. He remained their husband. Despite all they did and didn't do, he still said, I'm still your husband. I'm still your husband. Paul kept this thought alive in the New Testament in Romans. I asked then, did God reject his people? By no means. I'm an Israelite myself, descendant of Abraham, a tribe of Benjamin. God did not reject his people from whom he foreknew. He may have disciplined our ancestors like he disciplines people today when we're disobedient, but he never throws us out of the game. He doesn't toss us out and reject us forever. It's just not who God is. Again, I asked that they stumble so as to fall beyond recovery. Not at all. But because of their transgressions, salvations come to the Gentiles, people from every nation, to make Israel envious. But if their transgression means riches for the world and loss means riches for the Gentiles, how much greater riches will their full inclusion bring? The Jewish people will recover. We're recovering. We're here. Huh? We weren't down and out for the count, gone forever. We're getting back up on our feet, worshiping God again. We recover Twenty-three and four, if they don't persist in unbelief, they'll be grafted in. He uses this gardening terminology again, because God is able to graft them in again. 
After all, if you were cut out of an olive tree that's wild by nature, contrary to nature, were grafted into a cultivated olive tree, how much more readily will these natural branches, the Jewish people, be grafted back into their own olive tree? He's going to restore Israel. He never gives up on us. Never. He doesn't give up on Israel or anybody. Be encouraged. God doesn't give up. I don't want you to be ignorant of this mystery, brothers and sisters. Don't be conceited. Israel has experienced a hardening in part until the full number of Gentiles has come in. And then in this way, all Israel will be saved. The hardening of hearts when they rejected Yeshua's Messiah, it is temporary. That word until got my attention this week. Until means it'll end. It's just for a season. It is not permanent. God will work again among the Jewish people. He will restore us. The stump will live again. Now, Israel is a stump, but we're all people from every nation. All of us are unclean and full of sin. We're all spiritually unhealthy or sick. But God doesn't toss us out. He doesn't reject us and just look for anybody else. First, he sent Yeshua to die for our spiritual disease or sin. And when we trust in him, he takes our sin and places it upon himself so that we're spiritually clean and healthy, free of sin. And if anyone here never did that before, today's the day. Today is the day to hand him your sins and be clean and forgiven. But then as well, at different times during our lives, God's going to cut us down to a stump. He's going to keep doing that to us over and over and over again because we still sin. And God looks and says, I see a little disease there. I better start pruning and cutting that thing out. And as well, sometimes God says, there's too many branches. Nothing healthy will ever come from you. So I got to start cutting things out. We get distracted, we get busy, we think we have to do everything everybody asks us to do. And we just get consumed running around busy, but we get sidetracked from doing what God asked us to do. Uh -huh. And so that means God will get whatever those tools are called. I'm not a gardener, but he'll start pulling out some tools someday, Casey, huh? and he'll just start cutting away. If you won't let him fall off, he'll cut him off for you. And he'll start pruning and getting rid of the stuff so we won't get distracted. But we can be focused, healthy, and do what God created us to do. So don't let other people tell you what to do. Hear from God and say, I love you, but I know that this is what God wants me to do. And so this is what I've got to do. Jerusalem is a city with a great past and a city with a great future. You may feel unworthy. See yourself as a little stump that's been cut down to the ground. But I want to remind you that God has a future 
filled with hope in store for you. One last scripture. Great verse. Jeremiah 29, 10, 11. The Lord says when 70 years are completed for Babylon, I'll come back and fulfill my good promise. Bring you back to this place because I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you. Not to harm you. Plans to give you a hope and a future. A lot of people know that verse, huh? <laughs> That's one we all need. And I like the contemporary English. I'll bless you, give you a future filled with hope. Future of success, not of suffering. Or I have it all planned out. Plans to take care of you, not to abandon you. Plans to give you the future you hope for. I just, man, there's some good words in there, encouraging. Good promise. God says, I'm going to fulfill my good promise I made to you. I'm going to bring you back home. Going to give you hope in a future. And he says, well, it's a future filled with hope. Not just a little bit, but filled with hope. Success. I've got it all planned out. I already cleared the path and made the road. It's there for you. You can walk through it. You can walk on it. I've got it laid out ready and waiting for you to give you the future you are hoping for. Don't give up. That wall is a symbol of hope and restoration. It is a stump. And the temple will be rebuilt and come alive with worship again. Yeshua, the stump, already came. Israel is a stump. It was never destroyed. There is a remnant. We're here today in this room. And all Israel will be saved and experience new life. But every one of us from Israel and every nation, we're all stumps. Spiritually unclean. But God has great love and compassion for every one of us. Have you allowed him to take your sins so you can be restored to relationship with God? Your husband is waiting to take your sins and restore that relationship 